Breathe, breathe in the air. Don't be afraid to care, but do be afraid of your scary boss. Welcome to Sink Floyd, the podcast where we watch every movie ever made to see if it syncs up with Pink Floyd's 1973 magnum opus, The Dark Side of the Moon. My name is Gareth Blackler, and if the devil wears Prada, Adam Eve wear nada. This guy is in between but way more fresher. Please welcome James Barron. Hello, James. Hi. That makes me sound like I'm naked from the waist down, which isn't true, but I'm happy to be here on the podcast in business casual attire. Gareth, I am in the oddest combination of clothes possible to record this podcast and that I've just finished work. Um, And so I've transitioned into pajamas from my lower half, but I'm still wearing a business shirt. And have my microphone clipped to it. So, wow. it, it really is business casual and by all definitions. Uh, yeah. Pretty bizarre oh, as a look. Man. If we're, we're looking at the Sink Floyd lookbook, <laughs> this one's a big mess. <laughs> oh, man. Miranda would give you a stern look. And yeah. So, that's all. I think. Fully pursed lips for the James Barron look. Um, yes. Devil Wears Prada. Oh, thank you for choosing this film, oh. James. Wasn't, expect- I say. wasn't expecting thanks, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Plucked it out of thin what? air last week. Um, oh. But yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed. That's great. You know, I'd never seen it. What? I'd never seen Devil Wears Prada. Oh my God. Wow. Right? Fair enough. And it's like, it's all my friends bringing their A game to yeah. talk about fashion in the big city. Yeah. What more do you need? Not much, man. Yeah. I caught this like at random on um, playing on free to air television one day and I was just like (laughs) not doing much uh, in my life. And I was like, oh, the Devil with Prada is on. And I just ended up, it got its hooks into me and I ended up watching the whole thing. Like ads, like trial, trial by free to air ads and all. Um, so yeah. that was my first viewing of the devil is Prada. <laughs> and since I've watched it as God intended, um, with, uh, Pink Floyd paying in the background. So there you go. There's, a, these are my experiences with the film. What about this was your first watch and, uh, this was my first watch and everyone so good in this. Like, yeah, you've got your best Emily Blunt. You've got your best Anne Hathaway. You've got some of your best Meryl Streep mm-hmm. and you've got some, the Tucciest Stanley Tucci I've seen. Yes. Um, yeah. Did you know uh, John Krasinski also watches Devil Wears Prada like you? And every time it's on, he'll watch the whole thing on TV. Unless his wife's in the room. His wife being Emily Blunt. Wow. That tracks. Yeah. Uh, does he just yeah. love watching his wife? If that's true, it's very sweet. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like him, to be honest. Yeah. Aww. What if my wife were a mean business lady? <laughs> My wife's so nice. Why can't my wife be mean? Uh, a movie where she's mean. <laughs> Excellent. I will enjoy this. Simple John uh, pleasures. <laughs> oh, simple John. Oh, man. And speaking of wives, Stanley Tucci met his wife via this film. Wow. Um, Emily Blunt brought her sister along. Oh. And now Emily Blunt is now Stanley Tucci's sister-in-law. Wow. So, the, yeah. so he's like- John Krasinski is Stanley Tucci's brother-in-law. Is that how that works? Yeah. Wow. They're in-laws. Man. Yeah. Why? I, today I learned that's very, very interesting <laughs> information, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
Got me there. I'm just imagining like home videos and Stanley Tucci's like, you know, maybe a little too passionate about the fine wine and cheese they're serving at dinner. Mm-hmm. And you know, John Krasinski's looking straight down that camera like, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm now reframing this entire film with John Krasinski as the target audience. <laughs> like <laughs> every decision is being made for his benefit. They had a mood board and it's just his face on it. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I just, oh, yeah. Imagine your, like, sister-in-law, or, sorry, your brother-in-law and your wife are just making a movie just for you. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I like that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a lovely, lovely story. But no, we've got to see how this heartwarming tale matches up with the Floyds, with the dark side of the moon. You know, we're looking at fashion and the moons were an all dark side yeah. this time. Changing it up. Uh, Hot summer fashions. I don't know. <laughs> the moon. <laughs> Changing it. Gosh. Yeah. Runaway magazine. Runway, sorry. Magazine. Oh. Runaway magazine is just advice on how to escape things. Um, Runway magazine based on Vogue magazine. Vogue magazine once, apparently, unless it was photoshopped because you can't trust Pinterest. <laughs> Um, on Google, Vogue magazine once had Pink Floyd on the cover. Wow. That's, that's the, that's the ground we're building this, um, fashion empire of a podcast episode on today. That's very interesting because it implies that at some point Pink Floyd were in Vogue. So. Yeah. (laughs) And we've missed it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dang it. Uh, And James, have you ever worn Prada? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Possibly accidentally. I will give the proviso that I know basically nothing about, uh, fashion, uh, the fashion industry and every mm-hmm. aspect of it. I am a complete novice. And so my, dis- my discussions of fashion on this episode, uh, ju- I come by it honestly uh, that I know little to nothing. <laughs> so, um, take that. Uh, with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that is an important proviso to make. Um, not intentionally wearing effectively any brand that I'm aware of. My, my main <laughs> look is, as you're aware, wearing pajamas and a business shirt. Um, <laughs> and or the like secondhand store chic is sort of my go-to. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh. Sort of paints myself in a picture. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever spent more than $150 on an item of clothing <laughs> in my life. That's fair. But James, you see, you think this has nothing to do with you. It's you go true. to your closet and you select that lumpy, loose sweater, for instance, because yeah. you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back. Mm-hmm. But what you don't know is that those pajama pants are not just blue, James. <laughs> They're cerulean. <laughs> and you're blithely unaware of the fact that in 2016, I once told an Uber car, Uber car, go Uber car, to take, <laughs> I once told an Uber to take me to the Prada store because I could not think of anything else that was in that neighborhood or that part of Queen Street wow. in Auckland. And I needed to get to the little bus that takes you to Cali Tolton's Aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, I was wow. like, yes, I'm going to Prada. And I actually just went and looked at some penguins. Well, here you go. Penguins are always sharply dressed. So I oh, think it's I fine. tuxedos. Yeah, yeah. You basically did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's no lies told to the old Uber, the Uber car. Um, mm. Great. Okay. 
enough preamble from the oh. boys. We've got to yeah, get- Yeah, let's take all these loose threads we've just chucked in the air and mm. try to weave a podcast coat out Jackets, of Jackets, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's to go. keep the listeners' ears warm. <laughs> <laughs> the earmuffs that we're slowly knitting around your ears as you listen. Okay. This one's for you, John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, John. Opening title, speak yeah. to me. Um, everything that you know and love. Uh, we've got Anne Hathaway playing Andrea Andy Sachs here um, as our main character. Um, she's basically mm. just doing the Anne Hathaway thing. I feel like this is like her most defining role. Like whenever I think of Anne Hathaway, I think of this movie now. Like, yeah. Um, so there you go. I don't know what that means, but that's how I feel. <laughs> um, yeah, she's getting ready in the morning in New York City, baby, alongside um, various models and being directly mm. compared to them. The irony of this opening sequence is that she's like presented as like, oh, she's the regular girl as compared to these like incredibly beautiful, attractive model types. But she's like on the same level, if not as beautiful, <laughs> in my opinion. Right. Like she's Anne Hathaway. <laughs> right. It's it's very funny that she's presented as like ugly Betty, but <laughs> she isn't at all. Yeah. You know, she's just, yeah, she's just your average everyday gorgeous actress. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is ridiculous. And it's the same for like the princess uh, diaries. Like she's still Anne Hathaway, even if you've got her hair frizzed up for a movie. Right. Yeah. This is, this is defrizzed Hathaway. What's more (laughs) like, you know, she's like looking good from the get go. She like her cardinal sin in this opening sequence is that she eats a bagel with garlic on it. And that's Mm. like a crime against humanity, according to the movie. (laughs) It's bizarre. Yeah, it is. It is a weird one. It's like a knotty kind of situation to try to untangle. Mm. But yeah, I do love this opening sequence, taking us straight back to the mid two thousands with the song. I mean, obviously we're not hearing it; we're hearing Pink Floyd. But yeah, suddenly I see by Katie Tunstall. Yeah, man, this is a transportative song for sure. <laughs> yeah. What a banger! Maybe I'll sing it for the outro. I have a lot of good choices with this movie. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I will see what happens um, in the end. Uh, John Krasinski, start voting now. What do you want to hear? <laughs> Vote now on your phone. Um, <laughs> Only you, John. Do you want to hear my um, Katie Tunstall joke? Please. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, Katie Tunstall. Uh, I didn't realize it was going to be winter already, but it's suddenly I see. Oh, very good. <laughs> Goodness <Yeah>. me. <laughs> I like it. I like the joke. I've <laughs> been sitting on that one for what, like 14 years? Wow. <laughs> Since that song was relevant, that's awesome. I love yeah. it. Oh, man. Biding your time till episode yeah. 97 or whatever it is. Film 97 <laughs> of our show. Um, anyway, uh, she's a aspiring journalist here in New York City wanting to get into the industry but she's just started a new job she's like interviewing for a job starting a new job it's not clear um Mm. but she's uh being interviewed for this place elias clark publications and specifically working at runway magazine which is yeah fictional based on vogue um and yeah she's uh interviewing for this like assistant gig alongside um emily uh emily blunt 
uh, character named Emily, conveniently, um, who is mm. the existing assistant for uh, Miranda Priestley, this uh, otherworldly editor-in-chief at at this magazine. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, so, she comes up to... Um, to the office for this interview and like Emily's like picks her up and can't believe that she, Oh, you, you're clearly not presentable enough for this job. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's in Hathaway, but sure. Um, and <laughs> we go into on the run as everyone in the office, like flies into a frenzy because Miranda mm. is coming. Um, which is very nice. Uh, with, uh, Nigel, uh, Stanley Tucci's character, Nigel. He if if Stanley Tucci wasn't called Stanley Tucci, he would be called Nigel. So <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, giving uh, the order to like prep for her arrival. Um uh, but yes, all these characters already here. Um big fan of all of them. <laughs> the stacked cast of oh, Well, yeah. not even like really once you get past this main four, <laughs> it's kind of not that stacked. But like to see them all that quickly, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Alrighty, so Miranda comes back, comes in and um, is immediately like very cold and very harsh to uh, the assistant Emily. He starts like prattling off like demands and information and all kinds of things that she needs to be on top of. And Emily mm. clearly isn't coping well with it. This is the, re- <laughs> the clear reason why there needs to be a second assistant um, or at least a replacement for Emily. Um, and yes, uh, she comes in and then we get the crash sound and on the run, uh, not really lining up with much, but um, she requests to meet Andy who comes in over the clocks going off, which was like a decent thing for me. Just like her coming in with all the clocks happening. Um, pretty nice. Yeah. Andy goes into this interview. We like find out a bit of information about her. She's a like recent graduate uh, from university trying to get jobs in the industry Um, but doesn't have like a lot of options and trying to get in. It's sort of like a who, you know, kind of thing with, um, journalism. And so is going for this job at the publication regardless. And is like hoping that that will open doors in the future. She'll like work in this job for like a year and then be like, oh yeah, I worked like as the assistant to Miranda and now I can get any job in journalism that I want. Um, Mm. Notably, she doesn't read the magazine. She doesn't know anything about fashion and basically doesn't even know who Miranda is. And Miranda's like, oh, gosh. And, and she also, like, dismisses her um, whole outfit <laughs> um, mm. for this job interview very brutally. Um, yeah. Uh, Andy does stand up for herself and says, like, oh, okay, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but... But, like, I'm here to do the job or whatever. Nigel comes in and, like, roasts her in this, like, really harsh way. He's so mean at the start of this movie. Yeah. Um, He's like, who is that sad little person? Uh, Are we doing a before and after piece I don't know about? And I was like, oh, oh, damn. Yeah. Um, And, yeah. uh, So, she heads off, like, thinking that she doesn't have the job. But before she can get away out of the lobby... Um, Emily comes down and fetches her because she does have the job. Who knew? Um, yeah. And yeah. So from here we go straight to like a bar where we're catching up with, um, Andy's friends and her boyfriend, Nate, um, Mm. who I don't know how to say this guy's name, Adrian Grenier, I want to say. Um, I've recognized his face from something else, but I don't remember what. Was he on Lost? 
He was on a little film we covered on the show, James. Oh, no. That's Vinny Chase from Entourage, baby. Oh, of <laughs> oh, course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I can't believe I forgot. That was it's such a, a scarring experience on my life. <laughs> You could say. This is honestly his only like big thing that's not Entourage. Wow. And again, he's stuck playing this role that I'm sure on the script he was like, yeah, this is the nice guy. Yeah. And everyone watching is like, this guy is the worst. Kind of nah. Yeah. Like, yeah. honestly, both of the like quote unquote love interests in this movie suck so hard. <laughs> Like, oh my god! None yeah. of them come out looking okay. If you ask me, so bad, so oh. bad, and also so famous for TV shows I really don't like. Yeah, but we'll get to him. There's an we'll entire get- section on the Devil Wears Prada Wikipedia that is like critical response of Nate, <laughs> which wow. I think is so funny. Wow, get roasted, Miranda. Mate. Not- this isn't like a quote or anything. From but it's in the Wikipedia page. Miranda has not been the only character in the film to provoke a negative reaction from viewers over time. Mm-hmm. Nate has been called the real villain by some. <laughs> what is the storybook cadence from the Wikipedia article? I love that. That's so good. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, it's we'll- awesome because even like um, the writer of this film, um, Aline Brosh McKenna, had mm-hmm. to come out and defend the character and say like. It's a thankless role, like, you know, Plenty, to be yeah. kind of jerk, um, like, kind of doesn't get that she's changing um, boyfriend. Yeah. This is the classic, like, issue with rom-coms is that, like, you, in order for there to be narrative tension, people have to start acting irrationally at some point in order to have, like, any kind of conflict in the story. Um, yeah. And something so grounded like this... Like, you've got to have a character just, like, fly off the handle and act really out of character in order to push things forward. And we'll get to that. Mm. But, yeah, it's he. I feel like he falls victim to that trope pretty hard. Um, anyway. Yeah. There's also an amazing photo of him in this. <laughs> a Ooh. small, weirdly in-depth, like, more in-depth than a lot of the rest of the Wikipedia page. Wow. Um, of, like, the actor of Adrian Grenier. Just doing the, like, scariest smile, and it says, Grenier, shown in 2007, has come to terms with the negative reaction his character has gotten. (laughs) And his grin is honestly, like- Just a grimace. Yeah, or, like, with a bit of evil behind it. Like, he's like, destroy me, world. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm fueled by your hate. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. Eight seasons of Entourage have only made me stronger. (laughs) I would hope so. At that point, if after eight seasons, if you're weaker, I'd, uh, what has it been for? <laughs> yeah. You've got to be like Turtle and get that shell. Exactly. Got to have that thick skin. <laughs> oh, my Honestly, God. like, and we'll stop psychoanalyzing Adrian Grenier in a second, but like. Sure. So his two biggest roles are this, where over time, everyone who loves this movie he's in, hate, learn to hate him. Mm-hmm. But, like, didn't hate him initially. And it comes out at a time where he's playing a TV show where, in the TV show, he's the biggest actor in the world. Mm. And then, like, he's had to watch his real career not go that direction while his, like, (laughs) other thing 
has like grown against him. Like, yeah. No wonder these eyes of the shells growing over them. Like he's <laughs> got shells man. on his eyes. Oh God. Yeah. See a doctor. God. <laughs> All right. That that's enough analysis of poor Adrian. He's doing his yeah. best. Oh my God. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's doing well now. Post in a post yeah. entourage era. Anyway, he can recover. And let down his his uh, his shell. Is that a thing? Mm. Is that a saying? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> let the shells fall off your eyes. Okay, Adrian. <laughs> oh, okay, gross. Um, they're all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, these guys are all in jobs that they aren't that passionate about. Nate's like working in a restaurant. Another friend's like a business analyst. One of the friends works in like a gallery that they run, and that. I think mm. that's a pretty cool job, but she's like, it's whatever. Um, anyway, um, they are like all, uh, they toast to having jobs that pay the rent uh, is the, the situation here. Um, and I guess that's fairly appropriate for time, which is playing right now. They're just like letting the days go by, letting the water hold them down. Um, that's a different mm. song, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, we also see, yes, that she is currently in a happy, committed relationship with Nate um, and that is ready to be ruined. Huzzah. Um, <laughs> yes. So um, the following morning on her like first real day at the job, she gets like a rude awake. Uh, Andy gets a rude awakening and uh, has to get up and prepare like an extremely complicated coffee order. Um, she comes in late and gets in trouble immediately with Emily who it's pretty she makes pretty clear that she's got like zero faith in her to do this job and is more yeah. concerned with like herself and how this makes her look rather than like getting this person that's prepared in any way to do the job um yeah pretty callous pretty na it's a nasty work environment we're gonna find out pretty quick she basically lays down that there's like a clear picking order between them when she she's the like preferred assistant that gets all the proper responsibilities and she's just like the she runs errands and takes messages and gets coffee that she does all the like lame jobs that emily doesn't have to do and mm. she gets the benefits emily gets the benefits like going to paris which is like the crown jewel crown jewel in this role uh she gets to go to paris with miranda for fashion week um, coming up so um we also get prepared uh for a later plot point with dropping off the book which is like pre-pro for the magazine pre-production stuff um that gets dropped off at miranda's house for approval um it will become important later uh mm. yeah we go into great gig and Andy is sort of like left to her own devices for a bit as Emily like runs off to do something and she completely fails at a phone call. Like I, I love that she asks how to spell Gabbana, which is yeah. like, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, Nigel comes around and drops off some like high heels for her to wear as like a welcome gift, but also like a read on her being like, your shoes yeah. are bad, um, which is very funny. Like it, so much of this intro is just so backhanded and fake nice. It's mm. it's really interesting. Um, it's even beyond that. It's like pretty front handed. Yeah. <laughs> like Everyone's saying, oh. like, you shouldn't be here. What are you doing here yeah. the whole time? <laughs> um, and she's just, like, smiling and taking it. Um, mm. Yeah. 
she gets called into Miranda's office and she like does the whole routine that she would usually do with Emily, just saying a whole bunch of names and saying like, oh, go and collect this, collect 15 skirts from this, from Calvin Klein and talk to Josephine and call Simone. And it's like, who are any of these people and what does any yeah. of this mean? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty brutal. I love Meryl Streep in this. Like, oh my God. Like just something about how quiet she is. You yeah. like, even though you're watching it on a TV, you're leaning in. You're like, what is she saying? What is she saying? And it's like, just draw me in with how like gently, softly spoken you are. Exactly. And then just, yeah, give me a look and destroy me. <laughs> Apparently she based this performance on Clint Eastwood, which uh, once Ooh. you hear it, you like, it makes a lot of sense. Like the sinister, like softly spoken, like almost like a growl kind of thing mm. that she's doing. Like it makes, it makes sense, right? Just yeah. this, like she's in, con- in complete control of the situation that she's in. Um, at all times. So I, th- I think that's an interesting choice for her. Uh, but yeah. yeah. She, I want to see Meryl in a Western now. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine? Just replace her. Pl- replace old Clint in, in a role with, yeah. with Meryl Streep. I want that movie. That'd be great. The good, the better and the best. Oh, yeah. So she gets hit, sent off to um, pick up these Calvin Klein skirts. More Starbucks. 25 scarves. Just a bunch of random crap that <laughs> we don't know um and goes to do that she does all that um comes back and there's a thing where miranda like comes in and throws her coat and bag like just directly onto andy's desk and she's just expected Mm. to like deal with that immediately it's clearly like something that the the assistants just do they just pick up the stuff and like it she just is like flying through and anything that stands in her way is just bowled over right is the idea Mm. um Yeah, we go into uh, money and uh, as part of this, she's like um, pushed up all of the like she just makes her own schedule. She just decides when things happen. People are like like in a frenzy trying to prepare for like upcoming meetings and presentations and stuff. And she just decides that those happen now, like on her time. She does this Mm. several times in the movie, like. Right here, it's a run through. Later on, she does like um, like a presentation from like someone like outside of the company, like a, like a one of their clients. Effectively, she just like decides that the meeting's happening like a day or like three days early or something. It's like Jesus, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, wild, but sure. Um, yeah, she like. The She has this clout, though, because effectively she's, like, in charge of the whole magazine. She was, she, she doesn't own the magazine. She's editor-in-chief. But um, yeah. her opinion is the one that is, uh, like, worth everything to everybody around her. She's, like, really earned the spot. And, mm. like, the magazine is, like, basically successful because of her um, and, her, and her, like, intense decision-making. So that's why she gets so much respect, despite being so horrible. <laughs> Um, uh, Nigel comes and talks to Andy at like in the lunch line at uh, this magazine. She like gets some food. I don't know why they even have food here if none of the models are going to eat anything. I don't know Mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, But like he like scolds her in like a semi-affectionate, semi-rude way. (laughs) Just like ripping into her. Um, 
but she he like yeah. sort of like half guides her it's like if like uh the little grasshopper friend in pinocchio was like just fucking horribly mean to you all the time <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what it feels like that's the little nigel mm. on your shoulder guiding your way <laughs> yeah. oh man nigel does feel like he assumes immediately that they're better friends than they are and that's why he's so mean yeah yeah like, <laughs> i think so i'm sure many people have been like who, who are you I'm- why, why, why did you decide to hurt my feelings, sir? Yeah, please. I'm just getting lunch. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm Nigel. I don't have time for this. Um, but yes, this run through um, that uh, is being prepared for gets pushed forward. And Nigel gives her, gives Andy the tip that she's like now late and has to show up. Um, and we're mid money solo now. We're seeing that she's just basically in mid meeting, just like treating everyone as if they're like incompetent. Except Mm. for Nigel, who is able to, like, keep up with her and, like, offers his advice and suggestions to which she, like, takes to heart. So, that's interesting. Um, He's obviously, like, earned uh, his place with Miranda. So, um, yes, everyone's, like, scrambling to deal with it. Um, And, yeah, she's, like, she's the one who changed the schedule, but she actually asks, why is no one ready? (laughs) It's like, hmm, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) uh it's quite funny she just expects this greatness at all times during this meeting they're like comparing different looks and two belts get compared with one another uh (laughs) that are like basically identical except for the the buckle um Mm. but they're clearly very different gareth oh my gosh um and andy like laughs at these two belts being compared because it's such a like ridiculous situation and Miranda dresses her down in front of the whole group like you did to me at the start of the podcast. <laughs> like I do to you off mic every week. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, airing a podcast dirty laundry again. <laughs> yeah, Gareth's like really mean to me when we're off the show. Just keeps like trying to, he's like, James, we've got to put, we're going to move metrics. We've got to push the mm. envelope every episode. You better fucking step it up, mate. God. I've been waiting around. <laughs> this is what I hear we, every yeah. week. Essentially what happens is I get James crying and then mm-hmm. immediately put on my fake showbiz voice and go, welcome to Sink Floors. <laughs> and then he managed, I give a long enough intro so he can choke down those tears of weakness mm-hmm. and come and meet me. And then as soon as we're off mic, my voice drops back to a quiet whisper and I'm like, mm. James? You haven't disappointed me today. Oh, thank God. But tomorrow is a new day. My favorite words to hear. <laughs> I wonder how many tears you've edited out of the of the preamble to this show. Oh, mate. To make countless. Well, they'll land on your microphone and I've got oh. to deal with the sparking noises. <laughs> wow. I've got very conductive tears. Who knew? Well, yeah. I like that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I better get back to it. Otherwise, I'll get yelled at. Um, yeah. Everyone... So, uh, yeah, she gets, she dresses her down, um, saying like, yeah, the whole thing, the bargain bin, etc. Um, and, uh, yeah, after this, like Andy goes home to her boyfriend and complains about like how unreasonable and tyrannical Miranda is and how like, she's like, this job is stupid and people act really stupid. <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> stand it. 
but I'll stick it out for a year so that she can be, so that I can be a proper journalist is her whole attitude basically. And he's like, okay, I guess <laughs> fine. Um, his point later on here, I'm going to get to it now yeah. is that she's being like this constant, like complaining about her job is like false. She like gets really good at the job and really likes doing the job, but she still whinges about it all the time. And that's what he doesn't like. And it's like, people are allowed to like whinge about their job. I think, <laughs> I think yeah. that's my main beef with him is that <laughs> he like doesn't listen to her <laughs> properly. I don't know. It's like, yeah, I'm almost okay with that. I feel like that's a very, and this is incredibly like, I guess, heteronormative. Sure. But, it, and like, obviously all the stereotype, but I feel like men are generally not as good at just having a kind of vent mm. and they all just want to solve the problem. Oh, true. And by men, I do mean me <laughs> in relationships. I've always, it took me ages to be like, just let someone vent. You don't yeah, have to be like, hey man, let's get on seek.co.nz and find you a new job right now. <laughs> so yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> old Vince Chase is doing that. You know, you don't have to Vince Chase a new job. You can just say no. right Grenier and enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. You know, mm. it's like, there's another edition of Sink Floyd relationship advice. <laughs> uh, uh, the number one relationship advice show for you, John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> just you, John. How's it going with Emily? Yeah. I don't know. I don't read the papers. We're famously one of the most, like, healthy marriages in Hollywood. Yeah. Thanks to us. We're clearly just been offering the correct advice, is all I can hear. Yeah. Uh, number one, maybe. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Where am I? Um, yeah. So, she, she's, like, complaining about this. And then we transition out of money and into us and them. And we just get, like, a montage of her trying to keep up with these uh, insane requests that Miranda has and throws at her. Like a whole bunch of different things. Um, they're pretty silly. Like like taking it, like they're just standard, fairly standard things that you would ask. Mm. Like, like, I don't know, take, take my dog for a walk. Go like drive my car to get repaired or whatever. It's stuff that an assistant would do, but it's presented as this like ongoing drama, you know, with, yeah. this, with this montage. And yeah, it's also to like pass the time of her in this job and not being great at it. Um, and yeah, we're now like months later and Miranda is like going on holiday in Miami for the weekend and the assistants are like, yay, a break. Um, and yeah, Andy takes this opportunity to like have a visit from her dad um, and they go out to dinner and like go see a show together. Um, he gives her a check because apparently she's behind on her rent. Not only does this mm. is this job like really intense and hard, but she's also being like really underpaid apparently. So not great. I guess cost of living yeah. in um, New York must be pretty high. Um, uh, That's yeah. <laughs> even even in two thousand eight, like definitely, mm. she's probably getting paid like a ridiculous amount. But you know, she only gets to live on a small windowsill. Yeah, probably. She's a little mm. like hood ornament inside a taxi is where she actually lives. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, she's stuck to the bottom of a manhole. Her and yeah. um, Adrian Grenier <laughs> just find a good piece of gum and stick themselves to it and sleep. $500 a week. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, God. And you have to share it with these four unruly turtles. Oh, hang on. (laughs) Got a story on our hands. They, they, like, bond together over their love of pizza and fighting crime. Yeah. Sounds good. The devil wears Prada. The turtles wear bandanas. (laughs) Turtles in time. (laughs) Oh, man, it all comes back. Even turtles there from um, Entourage. Perfect. He's He's the fifth turtle. He's how Adrian Grenier got the place. Exactly. <laughs> oh, My four God. brothers will help you. <laughs> oh, I love that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, just bloody Adrian. <laughs> uh, yeah, Michelangelo, Donatello, and Adrian. <laughs> World famous Renaissance artist. Um, anyway. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, so yeah, gives her, gives her a check. Parents are like concerned that she's being like over, overworked and underpaid and also doing like nothing that she wants to do. She's like no closer mm. to her goal really, even though she's like doing this. She's, she's like, tries to explain that she's like sticking it out for this recommendation, but her parents are like, is it worth it? And then they disappear from the film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Along um, with the financial worries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> completely uh just an Mm. abandoned plot hook but sure the 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 dinner that she's having does get interrupted by miranda who is like trapped in miami uh because there's a hurricane (laughs) meaning that she can't get home because no planes are taking off um and she's like get me home like demanding it even though that's like completely unreasonable and that insane thing to request um pretty good stuff uh yeah, she gets, like, told off the following X days. I don't know. The next time they're back in the office because she mm. couldn't get Miranda home and she missed her, like, one of her twin daughters' recital. Um, and so, yeah, um, tells her off, says that she, like, she hired uh, Andy as, like, an experiment over instead of uh, hiring, like, any other, like, random sycophant that would like suck up to her and worship the magazine or whatever um because she's like i you're the thing that you said about like being smart and and a hard worker intrigued me (laughs) basically (laughs) and this actually takes place this is a good sync because it it takes place over the the good manners don't uh cost nothing don't they a in the middle of um us and them uh like Mm. transitioning before the solo so you know classic Good stuff there. Um, yeah, this obviously really upsets Andy and she like goes away and like goes to Nigel to like say, <laughs> I, I hate working here, blah, blah, blah. Why is she so mean to me? And he's like, either stop whining or quit <laughs> is what yeah. he says. <laughs> like not the mentor talk that she needs, but it does work <laughs> somehow. Not entirely sure how. Um, but yeah, uh, she's like his, his speech is that is sort of that this, uh, Miranda, um, is doing her job and she expects greatness all the time because that's her focus. She is, her whole deal is that she wants greatness. She wants to make the magazine the best it can possibly be and demands that of everyone around her. Um, and that's how she's been gotten to where she is and why she is the way she is, um, which is reasonable, but still like, I don't know. She's a bit mean. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Could be a bit nicer about it. Um, and yeah, uh, he also says that um, the magazine is like a beacon of hope for a lot of people, uh, alluding to himself growing up. He's like, it was like a big deal for him. And he's like, yeah, I could like, you're incredibly replaceable. Like it, it's, you should quit because I could find someone else who would love your job in like five minutes. Um, mm. Harsh, but probably fair. Um, yeah. Anyway. See, that's what probably make me quit is the idea that I'm taking, <laughs> like taking a good job that someone else would enjoy. Yeah, it's true. You know, like, I just, I, that's just a thing about me is I think I lack that kind of <laughs> competitiveness. <laughs> Too, em- too much empathy for random yeah. people that you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like if someone emailed us and was like, I'd love to host your show. I'd probably be like, well, James, you've got a new host. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just the bequeathment <laughs> of a, of a, like a really well written email convinces you to quit <laughs> the show. Wow. I'm six years old and I want a podcast. James, you've got a new host. <laughs> All right. Sweet. I've never seen a movie and I don't know what Pink Floyd are. Yeah. But you got heart. If mm. you if you want to replace Gareth on the podcast, do write in to sinkfloydpod at gmail.com. <laughs> Subject line, new host. Yeah. <laughs> We've got this new one from uh, j.krasinski at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't believe uh. he nailed down that username before somebody else. Yeah, Good on it. Hotmail as well. <laughs> yeah, the one most competitive email format. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, so she reframes her question. She's like, uh, okay, I won't quit. I'll keep going. But I wish I knew how not to screw up so bad. And she asks Nigel to, like, help her. And Nigel's way of doing this is like, okay, I will fashion you up, girl. I'll make you <laughs> yeah. fashion-y all over Let's go to the secret fashion zone within the, <laughs> the magazine <laughs> and I'll do a full makeover montage on you. Um, and yeah, does that. She gets a whole bunch of nice clothes and um, fresh outfits, I guess from Nigel, like all the time. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's implied that it keeps going for like months and months. Yeah. This is also where we get the uh, the meme uh, from this movie, Meme Watch on St. Floyd. Um, the Are you wearing the <laughs> Chanel boots? Yeah, I am. Meme. Uh, classic from the genre. Delectable. Pairs well with Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Um, <laughs> yes. I did not understand what the meme would be, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I, do you have I don't to know. post they, it every time you're wearing chanel boots they sh- they change the chanel boots for various other ridiculous fashion items or i think whatever oh, okay. is in vogue at that time um they say like oh are you wearing the gritty head from the nfl yeah i am <laughs> like that kind of thing <laughs> i don't know okay um, i'm more on board now are you wearing the blue and gold or white and black dress or whatever it was yeah i am that's the, the kind of deal. Thank you right. for meme corner <laughs> at St. Floyd. Um, this uh, is why I've told this story hosts. before, but I once went on um, WashingtonPost.com to try to get a meme explained to me. So <laughs> I need you, James. <laughs> hey, bit of help. Public service. Um, anyway, mm. uh, yes. So uh, we go. <laughs> 
from after work it's great she goes and like visits her um boyfriend who they have this whole thing where it's like whoa mama mia who's this hottie i spy (laughs) oh what it's my girlfriend wowee (laughs) it's so silly (laughs) uh i don't know why it's in the movie it's really really weird <laughs> but yeah and there's three scenes like that yeah like, where they just drop everything they're doing in order to like pretend to like be other people and seduce each other yeah like wow let's go have all the sex <laughs> our relationship <laughs> is healthy <laughs> uh anyway um yeah we go into brain damage and uh <laughs> We've got, uh, yeah, a montage of her wearing all this, like, high fashion stuff on her day-to-day. Mm. It's it's well shot. It's a fun sequence where we get, like, match cuts. Yeah. Um, where, like, something cuts across the screen and then she's in a completely different outfit on her way to work. It's cool. It's nice mm. cinematography stuff. Um, and, yeah, it's also shown that she's, like, handling things better um, and, like coming like stepping up to the plate effectively and Miranda is taking notice of this that she hasn't given up despite like her past failures so oh, development um yeah uh we go from here and she visits her friends at the bar again who are like now worried that Andy is like changing so much because of this new job she's like develop like still the same person underneath um but is like changing parts of her personality and they're like worried about losing that but this is glossed over because she brings them cool gifts um (laughs) so yeah she gets like free stuff from her work and her friends are like more concerned with that actually than her uh you know emotions cool Mm. she's yeah she's enjoying the job more and like finding out more about it and um we head into the end of this first playthrough eclipse and um yeah andy leaves the the bar and goes to like a party to run an errand for miranda picking up uh, a thing from handbag designer man james holt um who like is having a big party um and he's like okay relax for a bit you can hang out at the party and over the last lines of eclipse and the heartbeats between the plays we meet christian thompson the, yeah. the other love interest played by Simon Baker, the bloody mentalist. Um, the mentalist himself. Yeah. Um, who is consistently shit through the whole movie. Um, not much more to say, really. He's just like right? quite clearly a slime bag from the get go. Um, and we're led to believe that he's this like wonderful person. So... Don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> How'd you find his performance, Garrett? Yeah, so uh, I don't know how much, like, there isn't a full Wikipedia section about how we're supposed to see this guy in the modern world. Yeah. But, like, everything he does is so slimy, is so, like, transparently trying to trade professional favors for sex. Yeah. It's like, does not play well in this day and age in the slightest. Hell no. It's so irredeemable. I'm pretty sure it was irredeemable at the time as well. <laughs> yeah. Just like to be that transparent, like you're writing a parody of a bad man. Right. And like, he doesn't really get enough. He gets a bit of a comeuppance, which was more than I expected him to. But like, he doesn't get enough of a comeuppance for that. Not really, right? But yeah. He, 
it turns out he was wrong once and that's like mm. his final <laughs> like he's like no nope, you were wrong about that thing you expected and it's like okay yeah. <laughs> like still rich and famous and whatever but okay anyway yeah it's yeah. And just the way he acts makes it seem like there's a dark um subplot to him that yeah like if there'd been maybe a sequel or like a midquel or something it ends with him like going to jail <laughs> yeah right oh he's also a murderer yeah i expected him to be like selling cocaine halfway through this movie but it doesn't happen you know (laughs) um anyway yeah like it's it sucks like the the character's just so like shallow and uninteresting and also just awful to watch like (laughs) easily the worst part of the movie is this guy because every time uh he's on screen i do want to throw up uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no read on the actor. Have- the mentalist is probably fine, um, like in real uh, life. But like, boy, not not your best role. Sorry. <laughs> mm. He must have seen Stanley Tucci across the set wearing all his lovely scarves as well, and being yeah. like, "Oh yeah, lovely scarves," and just no. Uh, he set men wearing scarves back another ten years. He did. <laughs> Put that on the cover of Runway. <laughs> <laughs> that headline god scarf set back 10 years again by christian thompson uh by the villainous m- mentalist <laughs> villainous mentalist is very good to say um <laughs> yeah all right we'll start up playthrough two as uh we, we move past this guy being a creepo mm. um yeah they just sort of meet and then he's like okay goodbye <laughs> I think he like hits on her finds out that she has a boyfriend and is like cool bye and then like it's so much worse from then on as well he also like talks yeah. down to her about her job she's like oh yeah i'm working for miranda and he's like oh you should not be doing that job you seem nice and smart you can't do that job and then it's just like staring at her stony faced and it's like cool yeah. cool 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 <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> unnecessary comment incredibly like transparently gatekeeps yeah his like writing connections as well he's oh. like send me your writing yeah and i'll with, like and the then right like place. licks his lips and blinks his eyes like yes. a villainous lizard and in trade you will give me the sex and it's like okay yeah yeah gross um i will keep my scarves on <laughs> uh, <laughs> he probably does um like the green knight sash <laughs> It like, is. That movie hasn't come out yet, you mentalist. <laughs> you bloody mentalist. Stop you seeing the mentalist. future. What are you doing? Oh, you can see the future. Is that actually what happens in the mentalist? I've never seen it. Is, is he uh, Is he like a precog? I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, mentalist report. <laughs> um, he was a fake psychic and then like Red John the killer or something okay. killed his family. So he started using his fake TV psychic abilities to help solve real crimes. Okay. Like, it's the classic, um, the big run of, like, mid-early mid 2000s, um, charismatic guy with weird talent helps the police and is given full access to everything and has a will-they-won't-they they with another cop. Okay. Yeah. Sort of by the numbers then. That's not so bad. It's just like- yeah just sort of a whatever show but okay man 
Yeah. I, I can't wait for the like mad hate, the, the mentalist stands to come out and roast this podcast. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. They're going to try and take uh, over the hostship of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, no, they're going to email. They're going to become the hosts and then they're going to destroy us from yeah. the inside. Yeah. They cut like a couple of mentalists. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's start playthrough two for real. Speak to me. Um the we get another meeting pushed forward massively um where james holt's like line is being shown before it goes like onto the runway she gets like a preview mm. miranda does to like approve or disapprove of like various outfits or whatever um as one of the like key clients her opinion is again very important um mm. she either like nods her head shakes her head um over different outfits and uh like purses her lips if like what an outfit is a complete catastrophe um like very strong like julius caesar kind of energy <laughs> you know <laughs> um yeah uh she actually does do the purse purse her lips thing for the outfit made specifically for her magazine so not great news there um mm. yeah uh from here, we see that Andy is, like, being trusted a bit more and um, gets given the book to deliver, which is, like, sort of a rite of passage kind of thing. Now, she's, like, proven herself enough where she can actually drop off this important book to Miranda's home. So, that's, like, a, a big deal thing. Um, able to get closer to her. Um, Emily finds out about this and gives specific instructions as we see this uh, delivery going down. Um as part of this, she has to be like uh, invisible and not talk to anyone when she's inside Miranda's house. Uh, but unfortunately, when she gets there, there's like too many options to uh, for places to leave the book um, and also the dry cleaning that she's in charge of. And um, yeah, we go into on the run for the drama here. And uh, yeah, she's like sort of panicking in the moment. But the the twins, Miranda's like twin daughters, uh, upstairs mm. and they guide her on where to do what where to put the stuff and what to do um they do like a sneaky evil twin thing where they're like oh you can give the book to us you can come up here just bring the book upstairs it'll be fine emily does it all the time you know as they're like holding hands and speaking in sync um <laughs> yeah. uh and yes so she brings up uh, uh, the book on this advice and accidentally walks in on Miranda and her husband having an argument, um, like a private argument between them. And she just like, uh, Miranda spots her, stares at her and, <laughs> and he just like drops the book at the top of the stairs and then like runs away as if she's caught mm -hmm. in the eyes of a predator. It's so good. The following, uh, she gets like back to work. I don't know. The following day, potentially, um, and Emily like tells her off saying that she's no idea what Miranda's going to do in response to this, but she's clearly not happy about it. Um, <laughs> and uh, Miranda like seems fine when she comes in. She calls in um, uh, Andy to her office and demands that she go and get the unpublished manuscript of the new Harry Potter book, um, placing us firmly in the 2000s. <laughs> um <laughs> So there you go. It's a, it's a strange reference now. So they even mention J.K. Rowling by name, and it's like that's a name that I've not heard in a long time. 
It's very different. Yeah, ever since we all decided the Harry Potter books have no author, it yes. <laughs> just appeared. Weird. Yeah, weird how that's the case now. Um, uh, I thought this was amazing. This was, like, such a cool plot idea. Simply because when it happened, I joked to myself, like, it'd be so funny if she wants a book that's not even written yet. It's perfect. And then that's exactly what happened. It's exactly right, yeah. So, she makes this, like, insane demand. She also demands that um, she get a steak from a restaurant that isn't open yet. Yeah. Uh, which is very good. Um, and we go into time uh, here. We've got the crash sounds, like, happening here. Again, not really syncing with much. The clocks and time going off. Again, not syncing with much. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, she's, like... Uh, Andy runs about the city trying to get this stuff sorted. First sort- sorting out this steak, this impossible to get steak from the restaurant. Um, she's on the phone at the same time trying to get the Harry Potter thing sorted. She has one of my favorite lines in the movie, which is, yes, I know it's impossible, but I was wondering if you could make the impossible possible, if that's at all possible. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> which is very, very funny. Uh, yeah. Um, that's writing, baby. Yeah. Uh, she calls through to creepy Christian and, um, Mm -hmm. asks him if he can help with his publishing connections. And he's like, nah, can't be dumb. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) and she's like, okay. Um, manages to get that steak from the closed restaurant, which is very impressive. But, uh, when she brings it up to Miranda, she's like, oh, what are you doing? I don't want that anymore. (laughs) Like, (laughs) she's like, I don't care about that. I'm off to lunch. If I don't have that Harry Potter book on my desk by, or to the twins, um, before they go on their train, you'll be fired. Don't bother coming back in at all. Um, and so Andy's like, fuck. Okay. And like tosses out this beautiful steak. Um, directly into the sink, which made me sad. You probably got mixed yeah, feelings. Yeah, smashes about it. the plate. Oh, Ugh. yeah, brutal. Poor plate did nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, but effectively, it's pretty clear she's just being impossible and pedantic for the sake of it, as like punishment mm. for showing up at her house unannounced. Um, this is her like retribution, setting these impossible tasks so that she can fire her. <laughs> um, mm. Anyway, Andy decides uh, she calls her boyfriend who's at work and says that she's going to quit because it's impossible. And she's like, I may as well quit if she's going to fire me anyway, because I can't do this crazy thing. And he's like, "Okay, cool. I'm glad you've made that decision. That's the decision that I've been wanting you to make for ages. So I'm happy you're also making it Mm -hmm. Um, anyway. (laughs) Uh, she hangs up the phone and gets a call back from creepy Christian who um, manages to have miraculously found a copy of this manuscript because he's because of his publishing connections or whatever. It's like a friend of a friend situation. Um, yeah, it's the person who does the cover art, which. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but this would have been the seventh Harry Potter book. Um, famously, the person who did the cover art did not get to read the book at all and just got told yeah. by J.K. Rowling what to paint. So. There you go. Yeah. It's pretty Which clear probably- if you look at the, the covers of the books. They're, like, very weird, <laughs> you know? Yeah, especially that one where it's just the characters falling into a big pile of money. <laughs> As of J.K. Rowling saying, "What? Uh, this is me, guys. Yeah, what if we had- what if Harry was very rich? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's one uh, of my favourite things about- harry potter as a story is that for for no reason at all harry's just like impossibly rich throughout the whole story and no one like 
no one like yeah. resents him for that. It's so funny. Oh my god. Yeah. The great like, but Hagrid, I haven't any money. And then turns out, <laughs> no, no. And it's such a weird part. No, no. It's so bizarre. It's just such yeah. a great plot point that, that kids move. It's like, what if it, there was a secret wizard school that you didn't know about? Or, but also, you were insanely rich. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's so funny. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Like, what if there was a magical wizard world you didn't know about? But also, you're the most famous of them. But also, yeah. you're really, really good at this magic. But also, you're really rich. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. If that wasn't enough, you wait till you look at your bank balance. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. <Ow>. Uh, <laughs> anyway, she manages to pick up this manuscript and um, drops it into Miranda, who's like, oh, like, th- well, this isn't good. They'll have the twins will have to share the Harry Potter book. And she's like, no, no, I've already printed two copies. And she's like, wow. It's no, I don't see these copies. And where are they? And she's like, oh, yeah, they already have them. They're on the train reading Harry Potter book. It's fine. It's all sorted. This impossible task, mm. I've done it. Um, she's also gotten Miranda's coffee. So, well done. Great work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we, we're like mid-time solo as she's walking away successful. Um, yes. Uh, the boyfriend is now upset that she's like still doing this job after deciding to quit because her boss is insane. And she's like, oh, I don't want to throw away the work that I've done there. And he's like, you've changed, man. You're not the same, same girl that I knew. And she's like, yes, I am. Stop being weird. (laughs) Or at least she should say that, but whatever. Um, anyway, um, Later on, we're at a photo shoot with Nigel and he's like, gives a warning about her personal life. (laughs) He says like, she's stressed out because her personal life is suffering because of her job. And he's like, yep, that's how it goes. (laughs) He's like, yeah, if you're doing well at work, that's exactly when your personal life will suffer. Let me know when your whole life goes up in smoke, because that means it's time for a promotion. (laughs) That's what he says. (laughs) Um, Incredible. Wild stuff. Wild mentality to have. Um, and yeah, uh, we go into a great gig here um, as there's like a meeting with um, Nigel and the in-house designers and Miranda. And um, Emily comes in very sick with a cold. Uh, oh. Just so, so sick. Um, and she's still trying to assist Miranda. Um she is like trying to hold herself together because there's an upcoming um, benefit party that she's attending with Miranda. And um, because she's going to this, it means that um, Andy can have some time off, which is just as well because it's her boyfriend's birthday and they're going to have a party Mm. for him. Um, uh, But of course this doesn't go well because, uh, Emily is too sick, decided by Miranda, and they both have to go. Um, Andy's going to assist <laughs> Emily at this benefit, um, and neither of them are happy about the situation, <laughs> but that's yeah. what's going to happen. Um, they have to go over, like, a freaking dossier of guests that they have at the benefit thing um, in order to remember, like, who these people are to tell Miranda that's like their whole job to like flank her mm-hmm. and say, this is this person and this is how you know them. Like that's hilarious in concept as well. Yeah. Um, 
that she's like so jaded she's like doesn't even know the people attending her own benefit it's very funny um anyway uh so she's just gonna have to be late to her boyfriend's birthday um we we also get this when we rock up at the benefit we get this fantastic line from emily uh where she talks about her new diet um i love this it's so funny she's like oh yeah my new diet is that i don't eat anything and then when i feel like i'm about to faint i eat a cube of cheese (laughs) wild so funny who came up with that she must be like having like living her life in a hallucination across between like starvation and cheese dreams (laughs) right fucking no wonder she's sick as hell it's because she's not eating anything and only eating cheese like every like three days what a psycho oh my god um we go into um money and um we're just like at this benefit there's we establish a rivalry between the head of the french division of runway french mm. runway le runway um <laughs> uh who is uh jacqueline is this person's name we don't really know much about her but that's fine um she's just like an antagonist person for miranda um presumably equally intense but we don't know whatever um uh emily blanks on a name that she's supposed to remember because she's like hasn't eaten anything in three days and um uh andy steps up and like has her covered she's like proving herself as this competent person um and yeah after the benefit she's like running off to attend her boyfriend's birthday um when she's again intercepted by creepo christian um outside who's on his way to the benefit maybe um he says if it weren't for your stupid boyfriend, I'd have to whisk you away right now. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not a thing you yeah. say. That sucks. <laughs> um, anyway. Is that this part or is it later where he's like, I'm just thinking about how much you still owe me for Harry Potter. He says that on the red carpet. That's still to come. Oh, later on. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Just a glimpse into the future, yeah. like the mentalist himself. <laughs> Who we've already established doesn't do that. Get this mentalist out of here. Yeah. Be gone. Um, Be gone. Um, Yes. Uh, He's like, again, he leverages his like connections again. He's like, oh yeah, I'll put you in contact with the New York magazine editor. Just follow in, follow me inside and have a drink with me. Yeah. And she's like, Mm. no. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Um, So at least she's like recognizing she's like being polite i guess but this guy sucks i don't know anyway um she shows up at home after having missed nate's birthday with like a little cupcake with a candle on it that's lit i've no idea how she lit it in the hallway but (laughs) sure um anyway uh she's i guess she like secretly smokes unclear um Mm. but yeah he's like so funny here he's all sad that she missed his birthday. He's such a grump and he just like doesn't say anything. He's all like despondent and I get it. Like he's, it's the guy's like, oh, you missed my birthday. That sucks. I, it's because of the job that I hate that you, that you have that I hate and that sucks. And it's pushing you away from me, but he's just such a fucking child in this scene. 
Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Act like an adult. <laughs> Just talk about your feelings, bro. God. Mm. <laughs> no, doesn't. Just looks sad and goes to bed <laughs> like, a, like a grown man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> Andy uh, goes, uh, goes away and drops off the book again, um, wearing a particularly silly hat. Um, and oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like a weird, like, I don't know. Again, this is me not knowing anything about fashion, but it's like a tartan, like, beret cap hat. It looks really weird. I don't know. This is the, like, most expensively costumed movie because mm-hmm. they couldn't get cameos from actual people in the fashion world because they didn't want to offend Anna Winter, who of whom Miranda's supposed to be based on. Sure. But a lot of them still gave clothes. So this is one of the most expensively costumed films ever made. But it also was made in the 2000s, so everyone's dressed in many, many layers. Yeah. And doing that weird kind of 2000s look where you had to look like you were a little, like, pickpocket. (laughs) Yeah. You look at, like, Fallout Boy on their second album, and everyone's dressed like they're at private school, but they're going (laughs) to knife you up if you're not good. You know, like, do a little dance for them. (laughs) Wow. Poor Anne Hathaway is deep in this look. Yeah. She's she's pickpocketed up for sure. Yeah. That's so funny. I'd never thought about it that way, but you are so right. Wow. Mm. God. Yeah, you'd wear like a little trilby and <laughs> a weird little like private school uniform. Yep. And many, many belts that could hide all kinds of pickpockety weapons. <laughs> Perfect. Just the <laughs> I wanted to come back now. I I feel like I've missed yeah. the boat on being a little pickpocket. You know, oh, I feel like that's not a bad look. <laughs> Never mind. I'm coming around to this little hat now. The more that you've told me about it, you've convinced me. Sold me. Who knows what pickpocketing goods are hidden underneath. Exactly. Um, anyway, she's dropping off this book and Miranda like calls out to her to drop it off to her directly because she's just like hanging out in her house. Um, and she says, uh, right, you did so well at the benefit that I need my best possible team to come with me to Paris for fashion week. And this no longer includes Emily. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. And so she needs Andy to go in her place. And and she says, if you don't go, I will assume that you're not serious about your job, your future at Runway or any other publication. I'll be horrible if you need a reference. <laughs> and it's like, okay, mm. cool boss stuff. Sure. She doesn't really have a choice. Um yeah, we get, we go into us and them now. As uh, after this shot, we do have a very funny shot of her walking around the city in this hat, um, just like <laughs> looking very sad because she hasn't managed to pick any pockets. Um, yeah, she like even like looks at like family photos of herself, being like, "Ah, yes, remember when I wasn't into fashion and I was happier?" <laughs> like, I guess that's what she's amusing over. It's very weird. <laughs> that she's she's like remember literally six months ago <laughs> what a time um, it'd be so great if she's like looking at a photo of herself in the past and that version of her is like holding some fancy shoes and like pinching her nose like Ugh, gross because <laughs> that's the only way you can be like you can show that that's a photo of back when i didn't care about that stuff. <laughs> right oh <laughs> So good. I think it's, I, I assume it's in the past because she's pictured with her parents and we haven't seen them in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, 
Uh, yes, we have that fantastic sequence, which could have easily been cut from the movie. And um, <laughs> yeah, we uh, the next day, um, Miranda drops her bag and coat on Emily's desk, showing this like change in power dynamic that's happened and tells her, tells Andy that she's the one that has to tell Emily that she can't come to Paris. It's, it's like, oh, shit, you've also got to mm. be the bearer of bad news. Um, so she calls her up on the phone. And Emily is trying to, like, get to work, running late, um, not having a good day. And before she can deliver the news, Emily gets hit by a taxi, (laughs) Um, like, quite dramatically and rolls over the hood. Um, It doesn't sync with anything, from what I could tell. Mm. Um, No. uh, No no on the run crash here. Um, I mean, it happens to us and them, so you could imagine it's happening to us and them, Malie. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we'll take that. That's all right. It's at least throwing together a ride. <laughs> or like, um, anyway, yes, we visit Emily in the hospital now, who's like crushed because she can't go to uh, Fashion Week in multiple ways, even if she wanted to now. <laughs> um, she, yeah. At least Andy as well is honest with her and says that, like, Miranda chose that she couldn't go, um, like, straight up tells her. And she could just, like, it's set up as if she could be like, oh, now you can't go. Whoops. But she does tell her. I like that she tells her. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a good character trait. Um, Yeah. Uh, Emily's obviously very upset. Um, I love that she's, like, way more upset about not getting to go to Fashion Week than, like, any part of her injury. She's, like, really mm. beat up and, like, messed up. And she's, like, saying about how all oh, this is so unfair as she's, like, devouring the meal that's in front of her, the hospital <laughs> yeah. meal. Like, cho- shoveling chocolate pudding into her mouth. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> Pink Floyd also sang Black and Blue over this sequence as part of us and them. The, like, coming back after the solo, which Emily is after being hit by a car. So, there you go. Mm. There's a sync. Finally. Mm. Um, (laughs) And, yeah. uh, Yes. Uh, She goes to... Andy goes to her friend's art show as, like, um, this... Yeah, her friend running the gallery. She's, like, put on this, like, photography exhibit of just, like, buildings around New York, which, fine, I guess. Like... The photos do look nice and they're blown up like really, really big. So it looks, Mm. it looks cool. I don't know if it's like breaking new ground, but I was like, okay, sure. Um, And uh, yeah, it's hanging out here um, at the, at the exhibit, at the art gallery uh, showing and creepy Christian is here again, just like stalking her at this point, basically. Yeah, Um, seriously. He's like, I've got a hotel where I'll be staying in Paris you could come there, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, go away. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she says, he's like, she tells him that she he'll have to find someone else's life to change. And he he's like, I don't know if I can. And then comes in and like <laughs> kisses her on the cheek, um, unprovoked. Um, to which mm-hmm. uh, the gallery friend sees this and is like, what the fuck? You're not the same person that I thought I knew. Random, creepy Christian guys are out here kissing you on the cheek. What's going on with that? That's not the Andy I know and like. Um, and it's it's a weird judgment scene and that it wasn't her that did the kissing, but sure. Um, calls her out on it. And uh, 
yeah, this is at th- it's at this point that um, her boyfriend Nate arrives on the scene, and she decides this is the point where the plot will be moved forward, and she blows up in his face for basically no reason. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, yeah, she's like, you're going to judge me now too, and they have this like ridiculous escalating argument where it's like, stop giving me a hard time about my job, <laughs> and he's like, ah, I don't care about your job. I'd care about you acting with integrity. Like she's somehow like, because she doesn't like her job, but is sticking it out. That's like fundamentally not good. Like that's, you don't have integrity if you do that. It's like, okay, weird judgment to be passing. Um, Anyway. uh, Yeah. He's like, he says that she's like become the thing that she hates, like a sycophant that is, waiting on her boss hand and foot etc and says that they don't have anything in common anymore it's the classic break up with your girlfriend right before she goes to paris move you know Mm. (laughs) that old chestnut that we (laughs) that we know and love (laughs) i wonder Um, if he's actually like it's all just about the birthday and he so. just knows some really smart words so he's just like yeah no uh uh, integrity (laughs) And then, like, you know, he's in too deep now that he said that. So, he's like, well, I better make it all about integrity. Yeah. There's no coming back. <laughs> Possibly. She does accuse him of that and he denies it. I will vouch for mm. the movie. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's like, what am I for? <laughs> when she's like, you're not, you're still upset about the birthday. <laughs> I feel like he kind of is. It's it's quite mm. funny. Oh, um, yeah. Anyway. Um, yes, they break up. We should, we're on a break, Ross and Rachel. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the Pink Floyd uh, agree. They sing down and out. There's a lot of it about. And the, mm. these characters sure are. Um, um, yes. Uh, we go to Paris. I love that she's just like so upset. We end on this like horrible sour note. She's really upset. She gets a call from Miranda and then she cut to her smiling in Paris. Yeah. Which is very strange. Um, yeah. We get views from the the runway at Fashion Week. I think they actually did this for real, like at the um, 2006 or whatever Fashion Week. The, they shot this, um, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And yeah, we see the crew schmoozing um, with paparazzi all around after this and like sort of an after party. And um, we go into brain damage uh, as, again, Christian on the red carpet here or like on the line here makes moves on her. He gets very excited when he finds out that she doesn't have a boyfriend anymore because <laughs> that's what he's been waiting for all film. Um, and, yeah, it's it's gross. He's like, come and meet up with me for dinner later, girl. It's, you owe me for Harry Potter. It's like, ugh, ugh. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, we go from here um, after this uh, party situation. Um, Andy goes back to the hotel that she's staying at with Miranda. And Miranda is caught in like a weak moment. Uh, We see her like out of her makeup and like in her like pajamas or whatever. And she's very upset quite clearly because her husband is divorcing her. Um for being too invested in her job, basically. Mm. Yeah. tries She tries to keep up this, like, professional facade, but is clearly, like, really shaken by this and what it means for not only her reputation, but also 
um, what it's going to do to her daughters. Um, and yeah, and he's like, I can cancel your plans and the night that you have ahead of you. And she's like, no, no, no. Why would you do that? And yeah, she's like going to continue on, even though this like really harsh thing has happened in her life. Um, and again, isn't really like going to change anything about her life. She doesn't really see that it's her job and her obsession with that that's caused this. But yeah, it's like a cautionary tale kind of thing is the, I think the idea. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, we go into Eclipse now and Nigel comes in um, to reveal some news. He um, is uh, proposes a toast because he's like moving up and away from Runway Magazine. He's been offered this like dream job kind of thing, working with that James Holt guy. He's taking his company international and is going to like partner with Nigel for this. And Miranda recommended him for the position. So it's this, um, it's the good all round. Nigel's finally like getting to make his own decisions after being sort of under Miranda's thumb for so long. Um, he says he's going to get to come to Paris and actually see Paris, which is very bittersweet, <laughs> honestly, over the heartbeats here. So yeah, we go into our third playthrough and um andy is goes to this dinner with creepo christian and um yeah he like sort of like tries to manipulate her to get her to say that miranda's this horrible hard-ass boss where um and andy like defends her i I think in response to seeing her in that like tough moment um and he's like ah you've crossed over to the dark side defending miranda i love it you're evil like me now (laughs) um it's like okay dude um yeah it's just a weird nagging mm-hmm. mentalist trick yep and yeah it gets worse from here they um mm-hmm. walk down the streets of paris and she's had too much wine and he like forces a kiss on her <laughs> uh, and yeah like takes her away to his hotel room and they sleep together and it's it's all yuck <laughs> She outright says no, like, three, five times. Yeah. Yep. It's very bad. Very, very bad mentalist. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I can't dwell on it any longer. I think I have to move on or I'll be be sad. Um, Yeah. uh, She wakes up in his hotel room and finds out that um, he's got this, like, storyboard or, like, secret item that he's trying to hide. And finds out that Miranda is going to be replaced as uh, head of runway in the US by Jacqueline, the current head in uh, France, Paris. Um, and they're putting also putting this doofus in charge of um, the editorial content of the magazine. <laughs> um, so some bad news for us, the, the watcher, as um, we go into On the Run. And she's like, oh, shit, I've got to go tell Miranda. She rushes off um, to do this and he's like, babe, wait, wait, babe, wait, wait, babe, babe, wait. And she's like, I'm not your babe. Get out of here, guy. Um, And yeah. Uh, So she rushes off to try and tell Miranda ahead of time. And um, she's like too busy preparing for this conference that's about to happen. Um, Finally manages to catch up with her and lets her know but Miranda doesn't seem phased at all. It's just sort of continuing with her regular day. Um, and we go straight to the conference um, as we get the crash sound and on the run where Miranda is taking the stage to give this presentation. 
she gets introduced by Nigel who gives her like this very glowing uh, commendation and then yeah takes the stage crash down and she reveals to everyone that um, instead of Nigel taking the place alongside um, uh, what's his name bloody James Holt um, yeah that instead she's changed it so that Jacqueline instead takes this new job um, saving her own spot um, at runway and leaving Nigel in the lurch, basically, despite his, like, hard work and, like, a complete blindside immediately after this, like, really nice introduction. Um, he's, like, we get loads of shots of, like, happy little Stanley Tucci, mm. very excited to get his promotion or to get his, like, dream job and have it announced by his boss. And we see his dreams crushed. And it's, like, yeah. oh, so sad. Um and yeah, he's like applauding as part of the speech and says, um, yeah, he's like completely devastated, but still is saying like trying to convince himself um, when the time is right, she'll pay me back is what he says. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he like has to believe that and hold out hope. Otherwise, he will be very sad. Um, yeah, it sucks. Um, <sighs> and isn't that just the corporate world in general, my friend? Yeah, too true. <sighs> Tough calls. Um, Mm. yeah, we go into, um, uh, times vocal kicking in and in the car, we like learn from Miranda that, yeah, she knew that she was being like trying, people were trying to like move her, maneuver her out of the company effectively out of her role. And she took it upon herself to, um, find a better job for Jacqueline and put her name forward for it. So like stopping her taking her place and also went to Irv, the like business owner guy and said, like gave him a list of names of people that would all like walk if she got fired. Like these are all my clients. And if, if I were to leave, you wouldn't have any of these people. It's like dirty stuff, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And Andy really isn't concerned with any of that. She's like um, upset with how she treated Nigel rather than any of that. You know, she's um, uh, Miranda tries to say like offer Andy a compliment being like, you're like me. You get to you make the right decisions. You make the tough decisions when you have to. And she's like, I couldn't make a decision like that. I couldn't treat Nigel the way that you did. And she's like, you already have. You've already usurped. Emily, you you chose to get ahead and be good at your job so that I would favor Mm -hmm. Emily over you, which is ridiculous, but sure. Um, And yeah, she's like, you're just like me. That's why I like you. Um, And she's like, well, what if I don't want to be like you? And she says, everybody wants to be like, like us. Everyone wants to be like this. Everyone wants to be like us is what she says. Uh, and yeah, mm. in this moment, Andy decides that she does not want that. <laughs> she, she's like, that is not who I am. Um, I'm not like you. I don't want to be that way. And she walks away. Um, Miranda like gets out of the car and goes one way and she walks the other way, like away from all the paparazzi and stuff, sniffing photos. Miranda like turns around to try and look for her, but Andy's already gone. And yeah, she throws her phone into a fountain <laughs> and walks <laughs> off, um, which does work over the, the, we get like the tempo change in time as she's walking away, which I thought was quite nice. Um, yeah. And yeah, like 
At the start of the tempo change in time, we have the line home, home again, as we return to the US. So that's nice too. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Back home in the US. <laughs> um, and he meets up with, with Nate and she's like, yes, you were right, Nate, about everything. My boss is mean. <laughs> well spotted. <laughs> um, and oh, nice. uh, she's like sort of like apologizes and like doesn't like beg him to take her back or whatever um but yeah she's like i'm sorry for the way that i acted and it's like okay i don't know if that she learns the right lesson here but because <laughs> he still yeah. sucks kind of as well but whatever <laughs> he like acted like a big baby because she, she didn't show up for his birthday um but anyway uh we go into great gig and he's like got a new job in boston um uh, while she was away in Paris. So that's good for him. Um, and we end their relationship sort of like on a middling note. She's like, he's like, mm. maybe we can work something out is I think literally what he says. Um, so it's not clear whether or not they get back together, um, especially with him having a job in a different area. Um, so I, I kind of like that ending for the film that it's sort of left open in that way, at least like the ending yeah. for their relationship. Um, yeah, it would be it would be worse if they were like, let's get back together. I was wrong about everything. It would be like much closer to like Greece or something if that were the case. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, and it'd be so much worse if she was like, let's get back together. I'll come to Boston with you and yeah, forget my dreams. Exactly. Give up on yeah. your dreams, girl. Which, like, if this movie had come out like ten years earlier, would have totally just been the end. Absolutely. Yeah. I learned my place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a better movie than that, so that's good. Yeah. Um, yes, Andy, in fact, has a job interview today at the New York Mirror, um, and yeah, goes into um, this interview uh, with the guy. He like questions her time at runway, um, calling it like a blip in her professional mm. career that she has to explain. Um, and yeah, he's like, I, I questioned this and I, I sent a thing to Runway and I got a fax from Miranda herself, um, which is hilarious that he got a fax, but sure. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, she says directly that out of all the assistants that she ever had, Andy was by far her biggest disappointment and he would be an idiot if she didn't, if he didn't hire her. So there you go. It's like- she thinks that she's the biggest disappointment because of how she fucked it up, I think, is the idea, right? Miranda's, like, learned this lesson where oh. she let the assistant, this great assistant go and disappointed. The disappointment is her disappointment and not, like, valuing her and letting her get away, I think, is the idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a little open to interpretation. Um and yeah, it's the, it's this like glowing endorsement effectively that's being offered here. Um, but, uh, yeah. So this interview obviously goes well. She goes out, um, and calls Emily on the phone, um, sort of like doing the like backhanded double speak <laughs> kind of thing where <laughs> she very kindly gives her all of the clothes that she got in Paris is this like, um, is this nice gesture, but she's like, oh, all these clothes are weighing me down. Boy, it would be helpful if someone <laughs> took them off my hands, you know? And she's yeah. like, well, I guess I'd have to like take them in and do all kinds of work to even get them to be wearable. 
but I guess I could do that. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. Um, it's a really nice gesture. And she hangs mm. up the phone and is like, to this <laughs> poor gormless person that's replaced Andy in this second assistant position, she's like, you've got very big shoes to fill. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, as uh, she's going about her day, Andy spots Miranda from across the street um, getting into her car. They sort of exchange a look um, with Andy doing a very awkward wave <laughs> and Miranda giving no discernible reaction at all um, yeah. before getting into her car. And uh, invisibly to Andy, she smiles, um, like lets this like wry smile out and then just tells her driver to go. And that's how we wrap the movie as we yeah. go into a great gig and the credits start a rolling. Um as, yeah, Andy's walking towards her new future here in the big city. Credits. What did you think? How did it sink? Well, what did I think and how did it sink? I was surprised, you know, I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. by just how good this movie was. But that surprise, yeah. my friend, did not go any further towards the way it synced with Dark Side <laughs> of the Moon. I was... It was yep. like someone wearing an amazing outfit and then they turn around and you realize that outfit is just held together by tape and putty. <laughs> it was, oh. yeah. Yeah. No dark, that dark side to the mo- side of the moon. Once you pulled that thread, the fashion came undone. What did you think? Yeah. No good. No good at all. Very, very poor sync. Even compared to like other bad sinks we've had. Not good. Like, yeah, probably probably a one. <laughs> I'm thinking um, yeah. on the scale. Like, if I had to say a movie that definitely doesn't sync up, it's this. I think you know, like it wasn't like a horrible experience. It didn't make both parts actively worse, but it is yeah. it definitely Which we have had. Yeah, it definitely doesn't sync. So I think I think that's a one, right? Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah. It's a, it's a one. It's, you know, mm-hmm. check them both out, though. Check out Dark Side of the Moon. Check yeah. out Devil Wears Prada. Both good on but, their own. Yeah. Yeah, I've already done the fashion metaphors to death, but it's like, you know, don't wear your favorite shoes and your favorite skirt. They might not work well together. Exactly. Don't wear a business shirt and, and pajama pants at the same time. <laughs> it probably doesn't work, you know. Yeah. All right, John Krasinski. <laughs> All Stop right? doing it. John, please. Oh. We've got company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, the reason we turn to a magazine like Runway is to look forward. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, we've got to look forward to next week, what we're going to cover on the show next week, James. True. And it's actually, it's a bit of a milestone episode next week. Oh. It's actually... Our 2001st episode. What? <laughs> We've been doing this show for 2001 weeks. Have we? Um, yeah. We started this show, don't you remember, back- Oh, God. Ma- uh, January 9th, 1984. Oh, my 2001 God. 2001 weeks ago. Am I stuck in and- Pink Floyd's time? Has time slipped <laughs> me by and I didn't notice? Oh, James, you don't remember? No. You, don't, you don't remember when we'd release this on cassette and then- <laughs> Mini disc, and then as a magazine, and then live on TV. Wow! All the way up into its current form as a podcast. What a journey! Two thousand and one episodes. 
covering every movie. <laughs> Your favourite movies. Wow. Yeah. I'd, we haven't covered it. It was back when we were a cassette. I guess I've just... Uh, if you, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to respond to this gaslighting, Gareth. <laughs> and then I put on my quiet voice again. Oh, like, no. You will play along with my gaslighting. Oh, play along at home. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> play along at home, you gaslit. Oh, God. Um... Anyway, to celebrate 2001 episodes yes. of this show from us, two very, very old ape-like men, <laughs> we're tossing this podcast up in the air and, and match cuts to next week's episode, <gasps> 2001, A Space Odyssey. Let's do it. Yes. One that yeah. has been on the horizon for a while. I'm excited to see how this yeah. finally syncs up you know this is one that people say actually does sometimes so we'll be interested to see if if it does or not (laughs) will it sync better than devil wears prada probably (laughs) (laughs) Oh. oh well until then i've been gareth blackler i've been the very fashionable james barron and you've been john krasinski listening at home Checking us out at Sync Floyd Pod on social media. Yeah. Um, SyncFloydPod at gmail.com if you want to host the show. <laughs> right in. <laughs> yeah. And hey, have a great week. Yeah. And we'll see you on the dark side of the moon. Suddenly I, suddenly I see. <laughs> this is what I want to be. Suddenly I see. Suddenly I see. <laughs> Why the hell it means so much to me. It's so hard to do your own backing track while singing. That's the, yeah. that's the issue that I have with Katie Tunstall. Um, how does she do that? I don't know. No, Tunstall. Okay. There's K Tunstall and T Tunstall is the backing Oh, they're separate entities. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>